We thank you for all the gifts of the Spirit. We yield ourselves to the graces, the offices, and the fullness of the manifestations that belong to those offices. To interrupt things that are outside the will of God. To destroy and banish and forever completely destroy that which is not of God. The, the curse of the law of sin and death and its effect and consequence upon the people that you've redeemed by your blood. We break its power in the name of Jesus and we release the spirit of life in Christ Jesus upon the people. Oh, thank you for it, Father. Thank you for your help tonight. Thank you the word of the living God will go forth unabated by any force and not return to you void in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Come on, let's thank Him for just a second. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo! Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo! Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo! Glory to God. How I thank you, Lord Jesus. How I bless you tonight. How I glorify you tonight. How I thank you. Thank you for all you've done, all you're doing, what you've said to me, and who you are. We thank you for it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Did you bring your Bible tonight? Well, I guess we ought to use it since we brought it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you all so much. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. I said he's worthy of it all. Now I'm expecting some help tonight. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sure, I'll do that. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles, please, to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. And um, it may not seem that way because I may or may not use the word glory um, but a handful of times tonight, if that. However, we are headed headlong into the manifestation of it. And the things we're going to talk about are the things that not just accompany it, but are the portal into it. Glory to God. I said glory to God. And praise God. So tonight, we're not just going to be talking about the glory of the Father or the strength to walk in the glory or apprehend the glory, although those would be great things to talk about. We're going to talk about racing toward it. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I want to make a statement to you that uh, um, spiritual things Really? Okay. But the different different 
Uh, um, yeah, sure. Uh, glory to God. Glory to God. <clears throat> he wants me to talk to you a little bit. I, 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 uh, and we'll see how deep he wants me to go. I trust we'll, uh, we'll get everywhere we need to go here. But it's his meeting. I said it's his meeting. Yes. So I need you to open your Bible, if you would, um, to, where did I tell you first? Or did I? Yeah, well, we're not going there right now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. I need you to open your Bibles, please, to the book of Colossians chapter 1. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Thank you. I see that, Lord. I want to talk to you about some things that is going to take some some um, some help help from heaven uh, for you to apprehend. But you will, and we will, and it will be. Colossians chapter one. Praise the Lord. Verse nine. Glory to God. The Apostle Paul said, in praying for this church, say this out loud. The Apostle Paul was praying. For a church. church. Now anytime you read prayers in Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians, you need to realize that is the grace and the anointing of the very one that was called to birth that church. Praying a prayer over what that church he birthed should become. I mean, you need to get a hold of this isn't just a written down prayer. This applies to a church that was born from heaven, that has a heavenly DNA, an apostolic call to finish its course and fully apprehend everything that church was called to apprehend. Yes, sir. Now, in order to, to talk about that a little bit, we see then the Apostle Paul, you would think, after being in the third heaven, and have a dispensation of the grace of God toward the church, that it would come back and start the church by the direction of the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God, in fact, yeah, let me just, uh, let me just go over to chapter 2. Now, we're coming back to chapter 1, but I'm going to show you something. that, uh, And I, wanna, I just want to tell you an experience here. Um, and we're going to talk about a few things tonight. And you'll, I believe, may not understand the fullness of everything that I'm going to communicate. But if we don't talk about them, we'll never have faith for them. And if we don't talk about them, we're never going to understand them. And if we don't talk about them, we're never going to be convinced they even exist, much less are real. We'll treat it like Casper the Friendly Ghost or a cartoon or Hokey or that cult down there. When are they going to pull out the snakes? So somebody that knows a little bit about it is going to have to do some talking about it. So there's some understanding of it that it's not abstract, it's concrete. Yes. And there are spiritual laws that govern these things. Yes, sir. I'm going to say it again. There are spiritual laws that govern these things. Yeah, right. And a law is something that is uh, a predictable outcome based upon a certain set of events that if you put certain energy or things in motion, you can expect this outcome. Yeah. And we operate in those laws every time we get in the airplane. Right. I absolutely expect to fly. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> every time. I mean, there's not one time that I've ever poured the fuel to that thing. Whoo, 
or been in the airplane when he poured the fuel to it. I'm not sitting in the back if I don't think he expects to fly. Because right. the law, see, I, I, today, well, yesterday when we flew here, um, I'm moving into a place. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, I know you're not supposed to love things, but I'm really close to loving flying. I mean, I, I've always loved flying, but I'm working on not saying that. So I really like to fly. <laughs> a whole lot. And both those words start with an L, so they're real close. You know. <laughs> I like it enough that in order to uh, not actually sit up front, it's just better when you sit up front. That's just all I know. <laughs> but in order to not sit up front, um, I've had to use my faith and mature a little bit. I know that may sound strange, but when I'm coming out of miracle meetings and I'm just like a noodle to go to the anointing the Lord's taking me to, I've had to understand that there's going to be times and there have been times. In fact, there's been a number of times, especially with this miracle man, as it's increasing, that they're taking me to the airplane and just kind of pouring me into the seat. Well, I'm in no shape to fly home. But I'm making a point. I finished the meeting yesterday morning. Could have easily done it. Done it for thousands of hours. Could have flown here around the weather. But that particular flight was a little bit arduous. It was lengthy. It was exhausting. I'd already preached a message coming out of meeting after meeting after meeting. So he got up front and I said, I'm getting in the back. John, you're flying. Well, he knew that already, but the point is, I just confirmed that. Didn't, I didn't even want to sit up front because I know me. If I sit in the right seat, I'm going to talk to the people when they come over the radio. Not that he can't do it. He can do it. He flies jet single pilot. That's not the point. I just want to talk to the people. I want to sit up the approach. I just, that's just the way it is. So if I don't sit up front, my arm's not long enough, and there's just no temptation. So I'm sitting in the back. Now, the reason that I'm telling you this story is not really about flying. It's about the fact that I was, had a peace beyond understanding. I'm sitting back there in the Word, getting ready for the service and so forth. Now, how can I have such peace? Because I know, I'm absolutely sure of it, that that airplane is going to respond to him just like it would for me if I was the one pushing the levers for it. Because that law works for whoever will work it. And I know he's trained to work it. Yes, sir. Amen. Are you with me? You hear what I'm saying? Now, I wouldn't have felt nearly so much at peace if somebody else was up there. If a student pilot was up there in a twin engine airplane. Are you kidding me? No, sir. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. So you have to understand there's different levels based upon what you've handled and what you know. And, and there's different energy you can manage and different speeds you can go and different altitudes you can go and different attitudes you can take, different situations you can get in. There's some folks that can fly an airplane but can't go in clouds. Well, there's a lot of people preaching that can't go in the cloud. Oh, come on now. Yeah, the cloud shows up. They don't have a clue what to do with it. 
that don't have any spatial orientation in the cloud. Now, I'm going to talk to you about spiritual laws. Because <laughs> the glory often manifests as a cloud. And I'm not really necessarily talking about the cloud or the glory, but just so that we have some understanding of what we're dealing with. Why would it show up like a cloud? And what are we looking for? Smoke? Because the Bible says the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Well, if it does that, what does that mean? The whole world is going to be smoky or what? I mean, if they see you walking down Main Street Wednesday at 10 a.m. and you got a bunch of smoke around you, huh? They're probably, they're, they're pro huh? A natural man's going to come up, tap you on the shoulder, and say, Hey, man, I'm out of smokes. Would you give me one? This isn't about smelling like smoke, it's sitting in the natural sea. Now, I don't mind using the word drunk because the Bible speaks of that word. But I find it interesting how the Bible addresses it. I got to a place to where uh, I realized, let me just give you a couple of these examples. I'm home, right? Yes, sir. I'm free here, right? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> here's the thing is when there, there came a time when the Spirit of God began to move greatly, you know, uh, and he has in our life for many years. And I've already now been in ministry long enough to see a few things come and go. And be around spiritual fathers that said, oh, yeah, I've seen that about four times before you were born, you know. <laughs> These things that everybody thinks are new aren't new. Hello. I said, These things that everybody thinks are new, they're not new. And that's why you need spiritual fathers in your life. The hip orient you in the cloud. Amen. Praise the Lord. And a cloud, according to the scripture, and this is not something that you know, you're going to hear most people teach because I don't think I've ever heard it taught. But the Spirit of God began to minister to me strongly about learning about the spirit realm. He began to talk to me about some of the things I'm going to talk to you about tonight. And among that, he began to talk to me about the uh, angelic realm, how they operate, how they were created. And, and uh, in fact, I'm, I'm in a whole different phase of that even now. And they've manifested over the years time and again. People have eyes been opened and seen them. But they're in every meeting, whether you see them or not. And they're here to help me with the working of miracles. That's it. Yes, sir. Amen. They are, they're created to carry out this covenant. Glory to God. To help me get my job done tonight. So that I don't have to work you into a frenzy to get your mind excited to try to get you to believe a little something so you can receive a runny nose being healed. I have help tonight. I don't have to jump through hoops and bring dirt in and jump motorcycles. And... No, I don't have to do all that. Because this isn't about all that. If I want to see that, I'm going to go down to the Agri Center. We're talking about spiritual things in here. And let me tell you, if you ever get in the Holy Ghost cloud, pssh, that little old fog machine, you got to put stuff in and hit the... Pssh, pssh, <laughs> Glory to God, yeah. We're talking about the real deal. Now, the thing is, and I want you to hear this. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll do that, Lord. Um, I'll come back to that in a second. My son, who's now, well, was in the meetings. Matthew, the oldest one, that was in the meetings. He traveled with me for about a year between undergraduate and med school. And uh, the Lord spoke to him to do that. Uh, because of the assignment on his life and miracles around the nation. And the Lord said to him, and there'll be a transference of 
that mantle that will come on you before you go to med school and step into the things you're assigned to do for this season. And so um, he did that. And one time we were in Michigan, and the Lord just spoke to him. I was doing morning and night sessions. And the Lord spoke to him and said, Son, I don't want you to go out of your room today. Don't go to lunch. Now here he is, very young. He's, well, he graduated undergrad, so he's maybe early 20s, 22, 23. And uh, Matthew's with me there in Michigan. And, and in fact, he was going to be ministering that night, I think, uh, to a special group of youth while I was ministering to others. So he was preparing as well. But that's neither here nor there. The point is the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, I don't want you to eat lunch today and I want you to go back to your room. And it just kind of came in him. He can't say, I don't think it was audible. I don't think it was so strong you couldn't miss it. I think it was something that kind of came up in his heart. I wonder what would happen if. And it was the Holy Ghost just kind of prompting him a suggestion. He said, I wonder what would happen if I just stayed in my room all afternoon for all these hours and prayed, prayed in tongues. Because he had heard stories about it, but he had never done it. So he went into his room and... Uh, he uh, began to pray in tongues. Well, an hour went by, two hours went by, three hours went by, four hours went by. Sometime late in the afternoon, the power of God just came on him so strong, he just his body wouldn't function because it just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper. He fell over on the couch, you know, it was kind of a little sweet area there, and he saw his Bible open on the coffee table. Suddenly his eyes were open. And his Bible, it just it was a ring of smoke, smoke with just this voluminous cloud was coming up out of the Word. He said, Lord, what is that? He said, this is the way my Word is all the time. He said, I'm showing you now the anointing and the life and the glory and the power and the energy and the creative ability oh. and my dominion and my... He said, it's on there all the time. You just can't see it. You're not in a position to see it. He said, you've come over into a place where you can see it. Now, I want you to understand about the cloud. Cloud's not just there when you see it. That's one of the big things about the cloud of the glory is the glory is not only in manifestation when we see something. Otherwise, it's natural. It's not in the sight realm. It's in the spirit realm. So that's why you can have several kinds of visions. You could have a dream, which is a night vision, or you could fall into a trance with your eyes shut. And even though you're aware and awake, your eyes are shut. But even with your eyes shut and your eyelids not open, you could actually see something roll off of you like you're looking at a video. Or you could have the highest class of visions, which all your senses are suspended and your eyes wide open and suddenly everybody disappears and you're seeing into that other realm. Or you could have what is called discerning of spirits which you're seeing into that realm with your eyes wide open, where you see both realms at once. And in seeing both realms at once, you don't just see demons. You see demons and angels. And if you were to see Jesus with your eyes wide open, you'd have to have discerning of spirits. It's a gift of the Spirit. It's a manifestation. So your senses are not suspended, but anointed. See, it, it takes, see, spirits, <clears throat> you, 
Yeah, Lord, I'll say it that way. I, I mean, I know I've got several open, but he's, he's talking to us now about spiritual things. Let me just read you a verse. We'll come right back to Colossians 1. It's in Ephesians 1. I'm going to show you this. Uh, and we read it last night, but I want you to see it. <clears throat> Glory to God. Thank God that the kingdom of God is moving around us at light speed all the time. It's here right now. Glory to God. Ephesians 1. And I want you to look at verse 17 and 18. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you, what are the next two words? The Say the Spirit. The Spirit. The Spirit. The Spirit. Say it again. Now it says the spirit of, the spirit of, say the spirit of, the spirit of, the spirit of what? Wisdom, Wisdom and revelation. say revelation. revelation, say the spirit of, the spirit of. Revelation. revelation, say it again, the spirit of, the spirit of. Revelation. Now look, revelation. Now look at verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now what's happened here? A spirit has come on your eyes. There's a spirit. There's an anointing that comes on your eyes. And the purpose of it is what you can't know, he makes you to know. What you can't see, he makes you to see. And he, it's not just knowing, it's not just revelation knowledge, it's not just knowing what God knows, but this is really big. It's knowing what God knows about himself. Oh, that's, that's bigger. That's bigger than just knowing what God knows about a situation. Knowing what he knows about himself. You can know what he knows about how the whole system works. You can know what he knows about how faith works. And then you start getting excited about why you have faith. Because when you find out, when you get a revelation of the knowledge of the law of faith. And you realize that God's dealt to every man the measure of faith. Woo you start saying, oh my God, you mean my faith will get it? I know how to do that now. It'll work. Now it's not a mystery. It doesn't look hard. Because it's as easy for you to get that thing you're believing for as it was for him to say, like me, and light came. Because you're operating just like him. You're created in his image. And his will is his word. And so therefore your will has to be your word. Don't say what you don't want. Say what you do want. Amen. Say what you will. Right. Say what you will to be. God's word's God's will. Yeah. If we're going to act like God, our words have to match our will. Right. Yeah. So stop saying what you have. Start saying what you want. Yes. Yeah. And that's the way that spiritual things, that's, that's one way, of course. There's a lot we could talk about in that. But I'm trying to communicate here that now that happens on the kingdom side. Now, what do you think is going on when Jesus casts out a blind spirit. What do you think is going on? Well, a stronger spirit is coming on that person's eyes than the spirit that was attached to those eyes. So we're talking about spiritual things now. Spiritual forces. Why things stay and why things move and why they don't move. Instead of just questioning it all the time and trying to figure out, well, I just don't understand. I've been praying, praying, praying. I just don't understand. See, you got it exactly right. That's the problem. You don't 
understand. And so tonight we need to talk about some of this thing. And one of the things we need to talk about is spiritual understanding. And we're going to read that in Colossians 1 just so that you can see the way that that's defined there. Because Paul's praying that the church would have. No church can go to the corporate anointing and walk in the glory until they have some spiritual understanding. Because glory is a spiritual thing. It's, it's, it's the force, the kingdom kratos, the dunamis, the dynamite power of God, the very working of God's energy that raised Jesus from the dead when all hell couldn't hold him. He was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. And he says, faith put that to work. And the faith that put that to work, that raised Jesus from the dead, is the thing you did when you got born again. And if, you, ah, and if you only knew you put that in operation when you got born again, and the same faith that got you born again will get you everything else in the kingdom. Wow. Including the glory. It's how you orient yourself in spiritual things. Glory to God. All right, so we're talking about then if he's casting a demon spirit off, well, what's happened? A demon spirit attached to a person's senses. Well, then it ought to make sense to us that in a vision, an open vision, or that an angel could be there whether we see it or not. This happened to the prophet in the Old Testament and his servant. I call it the law of dual existence. And that is that the, you know, his servant Gehazi said, oh God, we're going to die, we're going to die. And he saw the enemy. But the prophet said, there'll be more with us than there are with them. Now we could go to the Old Testament and read that story but what did he, what, you know that guy operating and seeing this, he said, man, you are a great preacher, but you fell asleep in math class. I mean, this is, this does not add up. You know, one, two, you know, 10,000, 20,000, one, two, you know. All right, there's more with us than there is with them. Dude, you should have gone to algebra. I know you said, what am I ever going to use this on? But right here would be a good time. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> so I'm just saying that, but what happened? Then, then he said something worse. Lord, open his eyes that he may see. But his eyes were open. Or were they? Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Well, it was his eyes open that was scaring him to death. Oh my God, we're going to die. But his eyes were only open to that one realm. And suddenly he saw, and the, and the mountains were filled, filled with angels, filled, filled with angels and chariots of fire on those mountains, round about Elijah, or Elisha, and the whole army. In fact, guess what happened? The whole army got struck blind. The seer saw something greater than what he saw in the natural and it blinded the whole army and they had to lead them by hand. The army couldn't even find out. And the, the army had to be led, led away. Right. Now think about it. Think about it. There can be a light so strong it came on Paul. Mm. I'm, just, I'm just talking to you now about the opening and closing of spiritual things. When Paul was knocked to the ground by the light of God's glory, he both... Now hear me, he both saw and heard. Now when you, when you read the book of Acts and other places where Paul tells his testimony, it sounds like he, he, he doesn't have a story straight. If, he was, if, if, we, if, a, if a crime happened 
and somebody was going to be interviewed about, they were eyewitness to the crime, and two or three different people interviewed him, and they, they kept changing their story. They'd be saying, now your story's not matching up. Well, when you read Paul's story, it doesn't sound like it matches up. Because he tells the story one time, and he says the people heard something but didn't see anything. He tells the story another time, he said they saw something, didn't hear anything. Well, which did was it? Both. Because here he was, he both saw and heard. You hearing me? Now, the same thing happened when Jesus cast the devil out of that man of Gadara. The people could hear Jesus talking, but they couldn't hear the demon talking back to him. Here's what it says. Now, they heard in the natural that one demon talking. My name is Legion, for we are many. Now, the people standing around saw this, heard because it came out of the man's mouth. So the people standing around seeing Jesus interact with the disciples, they heard that demon speaking of just, yeah, my name is Legion, we are many. But then there's another phrase in there that says, and all the disciples, devils besought him, Jesus. Don't tell us to leave the country. We don't want to leave the country. Now, nobody else around heard those other demons talking, but Jesus both saw and heard it. Because he's in the spirit. Now, Paul was in the spirit. And the Lord appeared to him. He saw and heard. But there were some people there, saw the light and got knocked to the ground, didn't hear anything. Other people there that heard the Lord speak, but didn't see anything. And then when you read in the Gospel of John, I believe it is, it says that the Lord spoke from heaven. And when the Lord spoke, it said some thought an angel spoke. And others thought it thundered. Hmm? Now, so... Dad Hagen tells a story about praying for three days of, and praying in the spirit about a lady that had a cancer situation. And he kept knowing in his spirit, he talked about discerning spirits, kept knowing in his spirit that uh, there was a spirit involved there. And so he heard about three times, go stand at the foot of the bed. And, uh, and so he said, you know, and he tells the whole story, so I'm not going to go into detail about it, but he kept reasoning with it. And the third time he went down there and did it, and they had been praying in the Holy Ghost for hours, and they'd been through the night, put a mattress up, prayed in the Holy Ghost for hours, you know. And, um, and she had cancer of the breast, and she was in the final stage, and she was, going to, she was going to die from it. And they were just standing with this sister, you know, praying with her through the situation. And Miss Aretha was there, and she had been praying with them for several hours. And finally, suddenly, she went down there and said, Kenneth, the, 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 Lord, the word of the Lord came to me and said, go stand at the head of the bed. Keep praying in the Spirit, but keep your eyes open. So he goes and stands, I think, at the head of the bed there. He keeps his eyes open. He's praying in the Holy Spirit. And suddenly, just suddenly, his eyes were open, and he saw a creature that looked like a bat with its wings out like that sitting on her breast. What well, was a demon? And he spoke to it. You're going to have to leave in the name of Jesus. I don't want to leave, but I know I, I, I have to if you tell me to. Well, I'll tell you to. You're going to leave her now in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Well, when he did, he said that thing turned loose and flew. And when it flew, it flew right past that other pastor, right out the window. Boom. He said, oh, something just left. Something just, the other pastor. Now, now hear, hear what I'm saying to you. He said, whoo, something just left. Something just left. It, 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 it went right past me. It felt like it went out that window. He said it did, but he didn't see it. See, But he knew it did. He knew it in the spirit. He felt it. But he didn't see it. Now we're talking about then the Apostle Paul. So then later when you talk to the Apostle Paul, after that encounter, 
Scales came on his eyes. Huh? And then the Lord spoke to Ananias. I'm just talking to you about spiritual things now. And the word of the Lord came to Ananias. And the Lord said, I want you to rise and go. And, uh, you know, and he told him where Saul of Tarsus was and a street called Straight, exactly where he was. Well, Ananias, you know, wasn't any excited about going down there because he, he kept really, wait a minute, it's like God telling you to go visit Osama bin Laden or something, you know. And <laughs> Yeah. He said, Lord, didn't he, the dude's been killing everybody? He said, yeah, but, and then he told him what to do. And so Ananias went in there. He said, because, behold, he prayeth. Now you go read that. It says, he prayed, he prayeth. Now he's sitting there with scales on his eyes. He can't see anything. Been blind for three days. But he's been praying. And here's what the Lord told Ananias. He has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him. But his eyes have got scales on him. He hadn't been able to see anything for three days, led around by the hand. But yet he's seen a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him and pray for him. Yeah, I was just in Philadelphia. And uh, um, there's a young man there, teenager, that was the son of the pastors there. And I won't get into all the details about it. But we're sitting down there at the table. And he said, uh, he said to me, he said, and he, and he acted out and asked me a question because he had never, ever seen me, never met me, never seen me, but he had a dream. And in the dream, he said, I appeared to him in the dream. And the Lord told him what to do and that he was going to encounter me and to ask those questions and so forth. This happens a lot. I'll go to meetings and somebody say, I saw myself come up in the line and you're meeting in a dream and I was healed. Lay your hands on me. This happens all the time. We don't talk about it very much, but I'm talking about all the time. We're on assignment tonight. This is not like a church meeting. No, this has been on God's kingdom calendar. He, 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 he has some things he wants to do and say, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, uh, so sure enough, Ananias comes in, brother Saul. And he prayed for him, led him in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and said, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the scales fell off. Boom. Next thing you know, he can see. Now, point is, there's spiritual things going on with his eyes. Both his spiritual eyes and his physical eyes. And a spirit is attached to his senses. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go there. Um, we're working our way now through this, all right? Go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 5. Let me show you something. Well, I just didn't think you were supposed to follow your senses. Well, you are if they agree with the word. See, that's the problem. The problem is not, God doesn't want a person that walks around like a zombie telling him, having to tell him every move to make. God wants people. You have dominion over your body. You have dominion over your eyes. You have dominion over your ears. You have dominion over your life. He doesn't want to have to think every thought through you. He gave you a brain and the mind of Christ. He wants you to make some choices and use your dominion. So this is why he wants to have a relationship with you because he delegated authority and he can only work in the earth through you. So he's trying to get you to a place of maturity where your senses are submitted to him and they grow up in spiritual things so that when spiritual things begin to move, you can respond to them instead of sit there and say, golly, wasn't that a good service? 
Because spiritual things won't happen if the only people coming to church are the kind of people that say, Shazam, I ain't never seen that in church before. <laughs> we are going to have to have a body that grows up into spiritual things, has some faith for spiritual things, some expectation for them to happen. And as we do, now I'm talking to the church, believers now. I'm not talking to the world. You can't expect the world to know spiritual things. The natural man cannot know them, cannot understand them. But now the, the church ought to know about something about spiritual things. And that's what's scaring folks from other churches. They've been in church all their life and they've never seen it. Now that is a travesty. Because the preacher doesn't know anything about spiritual things. He's flying an airplane, can't go into a cloud. So you know what you got to do on that. It's got to be a bluebird day on Sunday so we can go look at the lake. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a discovery flight. No, we got to get past that. If we're going to go somewhere on purpose, we can't let a little thunderstorm keep us on the ground. God doesn't want to wait till the weather clears so you can get up and look at the lake. Oh, isn't it a pretty day? He wants you to get to a place to where you're skilled enough to manage the energy Put a law in motion. Go where you want to go even though there's a cloud there. Oh, come on now. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? We need to be rated for these things. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a proficiency. There's a proficiency in spiritual things. And we've got to have them if we're going to see the kind of miracles that we're all. But the problem is a condemnation sitting on the church. And here's why a condemnation is sitting on the church. Well, two reasons. First reason is they really are sin conscious. So an unworthiness comes on them and manifests out of them because they're full of fear and full of unworthiness and they've been taught a bunch of religion and they don't even know this stuff exists and, and you know, fear the unknown. These, these are things I don't understand. So, man, they, they scare me and all of that. They're not hokey and goofy and doo doo doo. This is not the twilight zone. The spirit realm is actually more concrete, substantive, formative, has cause and effect than even the natural realm. There's less absolute in the natural realm, in that chair you're sitting on, than there's in the spirit realm. All of this is temporary. It's going to melt with fervent heat and blow up. But the spirit realm is there to stay forever. And so once you learn spiritual law, natural things don't shake you when they change. But people that are afraid of change, when stuff is changing, well, I just can't, hey, I just don't like change. Well, it's because they don't know the spirit realm. If they knew the spirit realm, that's unchanging. So I don't, what, who gives a rip if God tells me to give my car away? There's more where that came from. See what I'm saying? There are laws that govern where that car came from. And I'm going to use this one until the wheels fall off or runs out of gas or I'm going to keep it in pristine condition and so it's somebody that needs one and God's going to give me. God, see, we have an army and he's moving his equipment around and he may say, hey, I need some F-16s over here and I need some tanks over here and I need some Humvees over here and they're currently in your possession, a Humvee. And so he taps this person and says, hey, I need you to get that Humvee to this company. And then he taps this person and says, I need you to get that F-16 over there. The general needs to go inspect some troops and he's got to get there quick. That's so simple. And God's not telling him, you're having to put your F-16 over here. You're not going to have one. You didn't buy it with your money anyway. What do you have that God didn't give you? What kind of, which one of you has taken a breath, you supplied the oxygen yourself? Which one of you has ever opened your eyes and seen something and you supplied the rods and cones and the colors and the rainbow that you saw yourself? Oh, come on, give me a break. What do you have that you created or that you made or that you did that you don't have to give back to God? There's nothing you'll ever give to God he didn't give you. 
He gave her the muscles and the ligaments and the nerve and the know-how and the learning capacity and the ability and the physical energy and the favor and the job that you're working. And can you return the tithe to him? And that's just the starting place. That's the umbilical cord to the covenant. Yeah, go ahead and thank, don't pat a cake, thank God. That's just the umbilical cord to the covenant. That's not where you get into increase. You get an increase off the offerings. But I'm not talking about that, but it is spiritual. It's not money, it's spiritual. Glory to God. Now, as we're talking about this, uh, and we'll come back to Colossians in just a moment and work our way through it. But notice then here in Hebrews, I want you to see this. Um, he speaks of this in verse uh, 13. Actually, let's back up to verse 12. It says, well, I'll tell you what, let's go back to verse 11. Of whom we have many things to say, and he's talking about Jesus and his ministry and the way he does things. We have many things to say about the way that the head of our church does things. But they're hard to talk about. Not because they're hard to talk about. Because people don't even have a clue about the understanding of spiritual things enough. Then you start talking about it, they check out on you. They're like, this guy, what's this guy talking about? Because it's so natural. He said they're hard to talk about because the hearer affects it. Did you know that the hearer affects the speaker speaking a whole lot more than the speaker's preparation? I mean, I'm, I'm required to prepare. But there's some things I get under the anointing. If somebody, if somebody begins to, it's like an on-demand system, like an on-demand generator. It's sitting there. But then you plug something into it. It fires up. See, that's the way it is when you get in church. People get hungry and they start using their faith. And suddenly there's an energy that's in there all the time. It's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. But they plug in. Then it fires up. That on-demand system fires up. And answers come. And wisdom comes. And help comes. And the gifts operate. And prophecy comes. And, and discerning of spirits come. And whoo, thank you, Jesus. Suddenly he stops you right in the middle of the service and said, there's somebody with their left elbow. You've had, you've had, you know, it's been going on for that, blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, they're healed in a meeting and they've gone to 15 doctors and paid $5,000 and they've met their deductible on their insurance and nothing helps and they're wearing that little old thing in their arm and, oh, but suddenly their ligaments are fine and everything's fine. They got a whole brand new elbow and it came because they got hungry under the anointing and it was all in there all the time. But somebody put a demand on it. Yeah. Glory to God. Now the spiritual things operate just like that. They're just that real. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Now let's read about Hebrews 5 real quick here. He says, of whom, uh, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. For when the time, <clears throat> for the time, you ought to be, you know, the time comes when you ought to grow up. Right. And that's what he's saying here. Yep. He's saying, after you've been at this a little while, you ought not stay babies. Yeah. And we ought not go through the cycles. Yes. See, once we get up on a step, we need to stay on that step. Until yes. we decide to come down. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, I'm, I've done yeah. enough aviation talk, but I don't need to talk about getting on the step. But you need to get up on the step. Yeah. Glory to God. All right. Of whom we have many things to say, hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become. Now notice what you hear 
is what you become. You cannot become something you're unable to hear. You see what he's saying here? Yeah. And so he goes on to say, such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. The NIV says he's unacquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Still, he's on milk, still being an infant. A person that doesn't have a revelation that they're the righteous of God in Christ. See, this is the foundation for everything the Holy Spirit's ever going to say to you. Because when the Spirit of God, see, a person that is not perfected, matured in a revelation of how much God loves them, perfect love casts out fear. If you know and believe, if you know and believe how much God loves you, because fear has torment and expects punishment, according to 1 John chapter 4. So if you know and believe the love of God and, and, and the love that God has for you, it will cast that fear out and you'll have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Yeah. So that means we're in position for God to talk to us because what he says to us won't go, oh, cause us to wither. Right. Why? Because we know we're the righteousness of God in Christ. And he's what he's saying to us, he's right about it. So I don't immediately take what he's saying to me and put it in my realm of feelings of unworthiness and I don't have enough money and how am I going to do that and, and I, I need some help. And No, no. No, no. He's right about it. If he ever tells you anything, he didn't make a mistake That's right. that you're the right one to do it. But you've got to quit arguing with him about the way you feel about yourself. That's right. Amen. See, and as long as you've got that resistance going on, you're saying, I'm right. My feelings are more right than the God that created me. Yeah. Wow. No, we can never go anywhere. Now, what do we do? We just shut our eyes. Mm. Yeah. Now, hear me. When he's talking to you about you, and he's bringing some thoughts to you and giving you a command to do something you haven't yet seen yourself doing or able to do it. You don't think it's the right time or I'm just not sure I'm worthy to do that. What's he really trying to do? Open your eyes and cause you to see yourself in a new light. He's, you see, see where I'm going with this? But the way you see yourself can't hear that. Unless you're willing to humble yourself and start seeing yourself the way he just talked about you. That's right. Now, that's what righteousness will do. Righteousness will give you a revelation that old things have passed away and everything's become new. And that you died on the cross with him. And you're not an old sinner saved by grace, but you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so when you start growing up, especially in the revelation of righteousness, something happens both to a person's discernment and the way they hear and see and the way they communicate with the Father. He's able to talk to a mature son differently, give him different commands. Come on now, right? right? I mean, just think about your kids. It's, I say this quite often, but, you know, it's simple. You know, when they're three years old, you might still need to be working on the fact, that, okay, now we need to brush our teeth before we go to bed. But by the time they're a freshman in college, mama shouldn't have to be calling them every night, telling them to brush their teeth before they go to bed in the dorm room. There's some things that are, get established. The established will of God doesn't, require, doesn't even require a conversation. Right, right. You hear what I'm saying to you? Yeah. 
There's some things that when you walk on with God, you get so settled in your heart in the word that God shouldn't have to talk to you about it anymore. Are you hearing me? It ought to be settled. That's what he wants you to do. It's on you to do it. It's the right thing to do. So we don't have to have this conversation. Let's talk about something else. Huh? Now, now, maybe, maybe, you know, they're, they just got their license and, you know, they can drive and they pass their test and they're doing pretty well. But you're going on a trip and they're, now they're, you know, they're 19, they're, let's say they're 19 years old, about ready to go to college. But now they've never pulled a trailer. Now we're going to talk about this. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're going to talk about this and we're going to tell them some things about it. About the difference of the weight. It's behind that vehicle. So you stop, you start, you, you hit the, you, you slow down, take your foot off the accelerator. You'd be prepared to hit the, hit the brakes, right? You let, because that energy and the power of that weight of that trailer is going to push you forward. It's going to take you longer to stop. And you're not used to that. You don't have the experience of carrying that weight. Are you, are you, do you hear what I'm saying to you? And so, all right, but. What am I saying when I'm telling you, when I'm telling you now, you know, you're going to have to pay attention when you pull in this trailer. And when you pull, you can't just pull through the drive-thru at McDonald's and just do what you normally do. Okay? Because you've got a lot of stuff hanging out behind you here. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to take a wider turn so you don't damage the tires, jump a curb, run through the flower bed, and knock over a pole. Hello? Now, am I telling him you can't pull a trailer? But if he's immature and he can't hear the instruction, that instruction is telling him you're going to be pulling this trailer. You're now old enough to pull this trailer. You're going to college. You can do this, but you're going to have to make some changes. You're now old enough to be able to do it, so I'm going to talk to you about it. When he was 15, I didn't talk to him about pulling a trailer. He couldn't pull a trailer. I wouldn't let him loose with a trailer for nothing. Why? To save him. Understand, there's a, lot of, there's a reason why God doesn't talk to you about some stuff. He can't. Because of the way you'll respond. And he's not doing us a favor if he tries to. He's a good father. Amen? Are you with me here? Now, he's trying to get us to a place of maturity where he can talk to us. And where when he does talk to us, we respond correctly. Glory be to God. And as he talks about this here, here's what he says. Let's read on here. He says in verse verse 14, but strong meat. Strong meat belongs to them who have a full age, even those who by reason of use or habitual use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Have what exercise? So you mean to tell me a revelation of righteousness in the spirit affects the way I function and relate to my senses? That's big. See, this is what happened to Peter when he was walking on the water. He got off of the heavenly substance back into the earthly substance, and the earthly substance didn't have the capacity to hold him up. 
Because he began to trust his senses instead of the heavenly substance that was in operation. There were two laws in operation there. The law of gravity was in operation there, but he was operating in a higher law that suspended it. And the wind and the waves had nothing to do with it. Hello. All right, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. (laughs) Praise the Lord. All right, so let's go back through here and let's talk about a couple of things. I've really been doing all this working toward that story. I was going to tell you right up front, but the Holy Ghost, everybody okay? You're learning anything? Praise the Lord. Well, I believe with all my heart in the spirit, not only the people watching online, but certainly here for those that are attending and in this church, there's an impartation coming to the church. The church is going up. The people are going up. The people of God are going up. The leadership's going up. The anointing's going up. Because if we don't talk about these things, impossible to expect them, have them, or to walk in them. And we we think it's goofy when it manifests. So we're going to need to talk about why... For example, why are people stuck to the floor under the power of God and everybody rolling around laughing? I've never seen that in church before. Well, that's a sad, sad state of affairs. Because joy is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost and it is the kingdom of God in operation and people are being blessed and helped when it's in operation. Glory be to God. Now, I don't know that we'll get far enough tonight to talk about it, but I will talk about one aspect of it. I'll get to one point of it, and then we'll see. Why? Because it's in that thrilling, uh, exuberant, inexpressible, uncontainable joy that the glory gets full. So this is an access point. It's a finishing anointing. This is a mature. The word finish, actually the word perfect in the translated in our Bibles is the Greek word for full or complete or mature. So it means full grown. It means a completed race. It means a finished product. It means success. It doesn't mean you did everything exactly right. That you never made a mistake. That's not what it means. It means a completion, a fullness, a maturity of the outcome of whatever it is that's going on. And so when we see the term perfect, We're talking about full age or maturity. Now, when we're talking about that, then the same word is used, finish. He's the completer, the perfecter, the maturer. He's the finisher of our faith. And there is an anointing to start something, and there's an anointing to finish it. And joy is the anointing oil of finishing. Glory to God. (laughs) I don't really want to talk about that yet because as soon as I start talking about it I promise you it's going to start manifesting because it's coming on the church to to, to bring us up to a different place of glory we're going to a different level of glory hallelujah glory to God let's talk about one other spiritual thing and then we'll talk about that because what I want to talk to you about is how that in the spirit realm It's not like the natural realm in that one thing can only be one place at a time. In the spirit realm, it's in both realms. It's in both places at the same time. We're going to talk about that. Now, let's go back, if you would, to the book of Colossians. Since you're there and we're in the spirit and you're open and you're hearing, I'm going to go a little bit further. Go, 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 Go a little bit deeper. Thank you, Lord. You do realize that things get deeper with distance. 
A lot of people wonder, well, what's, what's going on, you know, about this? And it just seemed like, you know, we were in church and we were sitting there and he's preaching for an hour and the next thing you know, kaboom. Yeah. Well, have you ever waited out in the lake? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, the further you go, the deeper it gets. I mean, there are times you just kind of hit a shelf. Next thing you know, okay. Yeah, glory to God. Uh, where was I? North Carolina, that's where I was. No, no, I'm, yes, Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I want you to notice what he says here, starting in... Um, uh, verse 5, because I want to make one point about this. For though I be absent in the flesh, say absent in the flesh. Absent in the flesh. Yet I am with you in the Spirit. Yet I am with you in the Spirit. Joying. Joying. <laughs> 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 See, <laughs> glory to God. <clears throat> you see, you see that phrase in the spirit, in the spirit, joying. There's something about joy starts taking you out of awareness of the flesh. But here he's saying, I'm not even physically there. Here he's saying, I am there. I'm seeing everything you're doing. He says, joying and beholding. Beholding your order. I'm writing to you based on, I'm, I'm writing to you and instructing you about stuff going on in the church. And I'm not physically there. But I'm seeing it. I'm in the church. I am there. I'm seeing it. He said the same thing to the church at Corinth. He said, my spirit, you were gathered together and my spirit. Now, I'm going to give you this example. I was uh, doing a miracle meeting at home one night on a Sunday night. The Lord told us to do some meetings there and, and, and there were Holy Ghost meetings. Well, then he began to call up the sick and an unusual anointing came on my wife in that meeting. So I'm standing there with her and I saw by the spirit, we normally lay hands on the sick together. But in this one, this was just different. I just, we knew by the direction of the Holy Ghost and what had happened and so forth. And power of God moving like it did. Uh, An unusual anointing came on her. And so I just saw that I would walk with her, but I wasn't supposed to pray for anybody. Suddenly she stepped into a new office of her anointing to minister to the sick. And I knew it. And I'm standing there with her and she knew it. And everybody else knew it. And I'm telling you, she'd reach out and pray. People go, whack, man. They'd hit the floor. Power of God is ripping through the building. But as soon as she started that, just as soon as she took that step, next thing I know, I'm standing there watching her do this. And suddenly, I'm floating. Now, I don't even know how to describe this. <laughs> to this day, I don't have words to communicate to you what happened to me. But when she stepped in and took up that spiritual space, I was carrying, yeah, I was carrying something and it's like somebody unloaded it off of me and it gave me the capacity to go somewhere else. I could occupy a different arena because she took that on, see, in the spirit. She stepped into that space. 
Now understand, some spiritual force is going to take up that space. This is why when you cast the demon spirit out of a man, he goes into far dry places seeking rest, coming back, finds no rest, comes back to that house where he'd been cast out, finds it empty, swept and garnished. Here's what we need to understand. Empty is not enough. Being delivered isn't enough. Because some spiritual force has got to fill up that space in the spirit. Everything God created, he didn't create to be empty. He didn't create it in vain. He created it to be filled. He fills everything everywhere with himself. So we need to understand that the strongest spirit is going to rule. So if a person, if a space is vacated in the spirit, there needs to be someone with the right spirit fill that space. Otherwise, Satan's going to take the seat. So now, now, now let me say this. Two things I want to say to this church. It absolutely matters in the kingdom. It absolutely matters to the vision. It absolutely matters to the anointing and to this pastor whether or not you come. Don't listen to the devil say, well, nobody's going to miss me if I'm not there. No, no. You're not only there. You're supposed to be there. You're, you're doing something in the spirit. You literally carry. Now, when you're there, be all there. Put your faith there. See, he doesn't need help in the natural. I mean, it's not that he can't mow the grass. He needs, do you understand? But he does need people that understand that that takes a part of his capacity. And that you're called to help. That you have a part of the ministry. And what he really needs more than anything is while you're out there mowing the grass, praying in tongues and taking up spiritual room. It's not just about cutting the grass. He can hire somebody to cut the grass. What he needs is somebody that will step in and shoulder the spiritual load. And the only people that are aware that they have any spiritual capacity can do that. And without releasing of your faith, you, you absolutely affect the flow of the service. With what you believe, what you expect, whether or not you come, whether or not you have, are filled with joy, or whether or not you're moping in here because, you know, you're upset because somebody didn't talk to you last week. It has everything to do with whether or not Satan gets place or the Holy Ghost gets place. It has everything to do with whether or not people stay oppressed or they get delivered. And let me tell you something else. The Bible says very clearly in the book of Hebrews, the Bible's real clear about this. When this man stands before God, he, he that is the shepherd and given care of your soul, these two couples, they should be able to give an account, and it uses this word, they should be able to stand before Jesus and give an account of your life with joy. And if they cannot do that, it will not go well for you at judgment. Because God will hold you equally as responsible as them for getting this vision done. And you need to understand, you need to understand that not only are they called to pastor a church, but there are people as called to attend the church as they're called to pastor it. God didn't call them to pastor chairs. He called them to pastor people. They're supposed to be, now don't get offended at me, rears in these seats. I'm talking about physical. There's supposed to be people here. God wasn't mistaken when he called him to pastor that there were people that needed this anointing and are as equally called to be here as he is to pastor them. So you don't get to have this attitude about whether or not you're going to treat him like old brother Brian. 
You don't get that choice. That is not a choice when you're a spiritual person. But now carnal people, sure. That's old Pastor Brian. I can just call him up and say, what time's church start? 30 minutes before the meeting while he's praying in tongues. Well, you know what? You can figure out what time church starts on your own. Pastor doesn't have to answer that. And he's not your personal concordance. Brother, Brother Brian, where's this scripture? Find it. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. Now, in that experience, let me talk about that experience a little bit. Now, here's what's strange about it. I didn't see, I didn't know, but uh, I was in the spirit. Now I'm in the spirit and I'm floating along here. Well, I guess my feet are touching the ground. That's pretty obvious. Nobody else saw me go anywhere, but uh, I knew I was somewhere. I was seeing into this service. I'm watching my wife do her thing, but I'm somewhere. But I'm there, but I'm not there. I don't even know how to describe that. And it's like I'm floating in the air. You know, the Apostle Paul said when he went to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, he didn't know. He couldn't tell. Did you know that once once you do what the world calls die, the Bible doesn't call it die. The believers done all the dying they're ever going to do. The Bible calls that a departure or an exodus. Amen. So when you step out of your body, it's going to be a little while before you even know. uh, My, my, my. The one thing about the spirit realm, time goes quick. <laughs> Do what? Glory to God. <laughs> so anyway, let me tell you this story. At least I got to get here. <laughs> yeah, Lord, I'll do that. Um, um, glory. Woo! Glory to God. There's so much out there for us, brother. I'm just getting to the place now to where I know what I don't know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And I'm, uh, I'm uh, kind of floating along while my wife's ministering to the sick there. And, and as I'm doing that, I get a phone call after we get out of the service. And, but it was a little, little bit later because I didn't get it right away. But it was a friend of mine who's pastoring. Y'all know him well. It was Jimmy Bryant's who it was. And he called me and, and I, his voice sounded so solemn almost i thought oh man i I want to call him to find out what's going on and uh because even though it was late i decided you know what i'm calling him because that voice doesn't sound right or it sounds different not i say right but sounds different he was still under the influence he was so overwhelmed he just was like and but it carried that connotation you know so i called him and i said brother i said i heard your voice and uh obviously something urges something something's happened what's what he said uh um and it took him a minute, and he started around. I'm wondering, what's going to come out? And he said, uh, um, are, are, you, are you aware that you were in our service tonight? <laughs> I said, oh. I just took a deep breath. <gasps> I said, I knew I went somewhere, but I didn't know I went to Mississippi. I was in my home church. He said, we were, 
we were in a prayer meeting and he said, I was walking along in the prayer meeting and he said, we were praying lost in the spirit. And he said, I, I got to the other side of the auditorium and he said, I turned around. Now, hear what I'm saying to you. He said, I turned around and I looked and he said, my eyes were wide open. You were standing there in the door by the green room at the double doors. And he said, you, were, you had your shoulder leaned up against the door. You had your arms crossed and you're sitting there like this and just watching the service. And he said, you didn't say anything. You didn't do anything and you didn't move. You just had the most pleasant look on your face like you were overseeing the service. And you were nodding in approval about the flow of the Spirit and the order of things that were going on. You were pleased. You were, you were, I could tell he said you were full of joy at the manifestation of the weight of the, of the maturity and the move of the Spirit in the church. Well, Jimmy's been ordained with us and under our covering for many years. So now we're talking about someone that's submitted to an apostolic anointing. I knew I went somewhere, but I didn't know I went to Mississippi. And he said, you stood there for about the balance of the service. He said, every time I, he said, my eyes were wide open. I saw you. Well, you could tell when he said it. He said, he said, now, let me tell you what you were wearing. And he described exactly what I was wearing in that meeting at home on Sunday night. And they weren't live streaming and neither were we then. That was several years ago. And so <clears throat> I said, well, brother, we wound up having a minister's conference where we spent three days talking about spiritual things. Yeah. Yeah. I said, because these are things that the Apostle Paul talks about that I've never heard. And I've never heard anybody, maybe one or two people just touch on it. You talk about translation and miracles of translation and these kind of things. But he said, I've never heard anybody talk about these things. And if preachers aren't spiritual enough to talk about spirituals, then how in the world, when they manifest in the church, can we ever expect the people? Amen? And so this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. He was there in spirit, joying and beholding their order. And I'm sure in Paul's life, it manifested to a much greater degree than me. He saw it and wrote about it and talked to him about what went on. So instead of it being on the other end of him seeing me there, he saw into the church. You see what I'm saying? But yet he's not physically there. Now, here's the thing. Look at Colossians chapter 1, and, uh, and I'll finish up with a thought. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 for this cause also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with, jo with joyfulness. Do you see that? With joyfulness. Do you see that? Yeah. With joyfulness. Yeah. Notice the end result of all the fruit bearing and the strengthening and everything that the power of God, that the Spirit of God come to bring, it manifests itself in the fruit of joy. Joy is a finishing anointing. For example, when you get lost in the Spirit in intercession, Romans 8 talks about this and it talks about getting into a place of prayer where the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us uh, with groanings which cannot be uttered, meaning an articulate speech. Is there anybody here? You probably have. You probably have. Uh, I, I don't know how many people because this really isn't all that widespread because people don't go that far in the spirit. 
But there's been times I've been lost in intercession and I know I'm praying about something, but I don't know quite what. And the deeper I get, I may have a little bit more of a clue, but I'll get out there and finally it'll stop being a language. Sometimes it'll get into weeping and travailing, maybe even groaning. But when the breakthrough comes, when the answer comes, when you step over and break over, what happens? It is, ha! <laughs> you may not even know, but you know, you did it. You got it. I got, there's the answer. Glory to God. Heaven's moved on it. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. I've received it. Woo! I have it. Glory to God. Satan's back is broken and Jesus is Lord. Woo! That bear is moved. The mountains move. Glory to God. Hey, hey, hey. Woo! I got this thing. Glory to God. Well, can you see joy then is synonymous with the Holy Ghost taking hold with your spirit over receiving the, the end result of what you're praying about or the end result of what you're believing for or the end result of what's going on here. So go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. I want to show you something. And uh, while you're turning there, I may, I may say something about that. I don't know. But while you're going there, uh, there's two references I want you to see alongside of Hebrews 12. We're going to read Hebrews 12. But if you guys would put up Acts chapter 20, verse 24, I want to show them something. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Look at what the Apostle Paul said about his ministry and his personal life. Say his ministry, his ministry. and his personal life. None of these things move me. Neither, this is what he says now. Look, look what he says now. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear to myself so that I might what? Somebody say finish. finish. Say it three times. Finish, finish. finish. finish what? My course. My course. How's he going to do it? With joy. With joy. And what's the next few words? And the ministry. Now here's what you need to understand. This joy is a force of the Holy Spirit. It is a kingdom supply out of the kingdom realm. It's not ha-ha funny. Somebody told me a joke and that made me laugh. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something that comes on you and you say, what in the world was wrong with you? You laughed for 45 minutes straight. I mean, you were rolling around laughing uncontrollably. Couldn't even talk. What was going on with you? Well, we're, we're going to talk about that because it's full of the glory of the Lord. And it is indeed the finishing anointing. I'm telling you, it says it is finished. Joy takes its seat. Joy enacts the covenant. Joy is a manifestation that I believe I have received. Glory to God. Woo! <laughs> Woo! I've received it. I have it. I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. And so joy has a finishing anointing on it. To finish my faith project. To finish my race. And here he says, we ought to have joy in our personal course and in the ministry. So the joy that comes on you here is just the anointing that comes on you to go out there and finish what you're assigned to do in that world with joy. It'll strengthen you to walk in increase, to work miracles, to have favor. It comes on you here corporately so that the glory of God will come on you here so that it empowers your spirit, it strengthens your spirit, and you get from heaven a supply that that world, that world's going to try to suck out of you, but instead you walk in and you're the dominant force. No weapon formed against you can prosper. No evil shall befall you or come near your dwelling. You literally are walking in an absolute authority that has, um, you know, when something's already done, it's like the devil telling you, you're not going to get healed this time. When you got a revelation that by his stripes you were healed, 
You can say, boy, that's the first thing you and I have agreed on, Mr. Devil. Of course I'm not going to get healed. How in the world could I going to be healed if I'm already healed? What do you mean I'm not going to get it? I already got it. <laughs> See, something happens to you when you get on the it is finished side. And one of the number one things that happens to the body of Christ when they get on the it is finished side and they have a revelation that they've broken through. They got a revelation that they've got the victory. They got a revelation that the devil's under their feet. They got a revelation they got all the money they need. They got a revelation that they have the wisdom and have the answer. They got a revel they're no longer down here in the press trying to get something from God. They're up taking their seat saying the enemy's far beneath my feet. Redemption is complete and glory be to God. <laughs> I don't have to see it. I know it. When the dust settles, I'm still going to be standing up. Woo! So you can see joy does something. And Paul says what it does. None of these things move me. When a person gets on the it is finished side and partakes of the finishing anointing, nothing they face in the race can move them because the race is already run, the battle's already won, they've taken their seat on the it is finished side, and in the name of Jesus, I'm just walking in the grace that's on me for my race. Yes. Glory to God. Yes. Glory to God. Yes. And that's why joy is such a powerful thing. Most people don't know this, but the Greek word joy is kara. And uh, it's, it's got the same etymological root. It's a cognate. It's a cognate with rejoice and grace. The word grace is charis. And the word rejoice is chiro or carol. And so you need to understand kara, caro, charis. So joy defined in the Bible means I rejoice at receiving all of God's grace. That's what the word means. The word means the reason I'm rejoicing is I believe I've received the unsearchable riches of the grace of his resurrection. Why do I have joy? Because all of God's grace is on me. Joy, the word kara is the word joy means to rejoice. Why would I rejoice? Because I got something. I've received something. Something's on me. I'm not still in the battle. I won. And when you know that you know that you know that the gifts of the Spirit are charismata, the result of grace, then of course, when joy's flowing, all the gifts start going into operation. When the joy's flowing, there's not only a finishing anointing, but you start seeing things. You start knowing things. Notice what the Apostle Paul said. See, what he did is he got lost in the Spirit. He said, I pray in tongues more than y'all. And so he got up there praying for the church at Colossae. And he got out there praying for those churches. And the next thing you know, <laughs> he starts breaking through and he starts laughing. And he sees in the spirit. And he sees, he's not even there. And he sees over into Colossae. And he says, I was joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith. And, the, and then he starts writing to him about what to have and what's coming. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Now, this happens in meetings for me all the time. People will hear me say this, and I don't say it lightly. 
but if you've ever seen me minister sometimes by the gifts of the Spirit, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say occasionally, um, you know, I was looking over into the meeting tonight. See, we, we need to learn. <laughs> See, <laughs> I told a miracle Sunday morning that happened with my spiritual father that just ripped the spirit of doubt and tradition out of me. And I said, my God, if a man can have faith like that, I'm going to have it. He prayed in the Holy Ghost, and he had an open vision. He saw a man walk in the meeting, knew what he was wearing, knew where he was going to sit. So he got to the end of the meeting when he finished his message and said, are you ready to see a miracle? Wow. Come on. Yeah. I don't have time to tell you that story right now, but the man had a built-up shoe six or eight inches high, braces on his leg. He comes up there like that. He set him down. You could see his ankle and foot out beyond the other one. Took off both shoes, took off that brace, threw it to the side, knelt down in the name of you. Pop, pop, pop. Now, I, I literally watched, I watched that leg grow out. I'm talking about be recreated in front of my eyes, just like that. And I, I grew up in a denominational church. And when he's first, first time he said, are you ready to see a miracle? It was, I tell people, it's like a cartoon. Because if you see Sylvester get hit on top of the head, they go, boop, and the knot goes up, and, you have, <laughs> and all the birds go around. That's what was happening. If it wasn't birds and stars, it was voices. And they were flying around my head. How dare he? How can he say that? How can anybody get, how can he get his hopes up? How can anybody say that you can see a miracle, that you can know a miracle is going to happen? How could he get that man's hopes up? Like, and I could hear all those cynical voices out here. I didn't even know it, but it was that spirit of traditional doubt and unbelief I picked up in that church I was attending. And then a voice answered from my spirit. And I heard it come up, and it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was my spirit. It was authoritative and powerful. And here's what it said. Well, by God, if a man can have faith like that, I'm going to have it. Well, I'm telling you, something's rising up in my spirit now. There's a new anointing and a new code on my life. And I'm at a portal in the spirit, and I know that I am. And everybody may not go. There's going to be some folks that want to go. Some folks that are hungering to go. And you're going. And I'm going, and you're going, <laughs> and I'm not going by myself. And I'm telling you, by God, if this glory can be handled like this, if this glory can come in my life, if this glory can happen in the meetings, by God, it's going to happen in my meetings. It may not happen in everybody's meeting, but it's going to happen in our meetings. It's going to happen because I'm about to get instrument rated for the glory. I'm about to not lose my spatial disorientation. I'm about to learn about spiritual things. I'm going to have these miracles. Jesus is going to show up and get the glory. Body parts are coming. Angels are manifesting. Broken backs and broken people coming out of wheelchairs. I'm telling you, autism is going to be healed. I'm telling you, Down syndrome is going to be healed. Chromosomal disorders are going to come right. I'm telling you, mental, mental retardation is going to leave people. Learning disorders are going to leave people. Epileptic seizures are going to leave people. Eating disorders are going to leave people. Demon powers, manic depression, suicidal tendencies are going to lead people in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This Jesus who defeated the devil and rose from the dead is the same yesterday yesterday, today, and forever, and he's here right now, and he's walking these aisles in glory. Glory to God, and there is no reason for you not to have everything he came for you to have. Glory be to God. In the name, in the name, in the name, in the name he came to have, and for you, ah, go ahead and have yours. In the name, ha, sma, lepe, smata, laka, in the name, in the name, glory, in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. In the name, in the authority of that great name, he came that you might have glory to God 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 enjoy wake up tomorrow sometime praise the Lord I don't know in Jesus name in Jesus name 
talking about the glory of God that's coming on the church. Talking about the glory of God that's coming on the church. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm going to have this in the name. I'm going to have this in the name. I'm going to have this. It's in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Woo. Hallelujah. Headlong into the glory of God. Glory. Glory. Headlong. Headlong. Racing toward this thing. Racing toward the glory. I'm headed there. I'm going there. I'm going. You going with me? Glory to God. Woo. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Glory. Bless her, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo! Glory to God. Woo! Glory. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. This is a finishing joy. It's a finishing joy. That which you receive, you're healed. Healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. The foul disease and every name that's named underneath his feet. The name of Jesus has destroyed its power. It's off your body from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Hallelujah. Have some joy. This thing's finished. Have some joy. This thing's finished. Have some joy. Woo, this thing's finished. Glory to God. Ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ha ha ha. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, sir. Praise God. Now, listen to me. Just for those that are still standing, I don't know how long you'll be standing, but just stay there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard that. I see that, Lord. It's, uh, yeah, it's coming into the church. Yeah, it's coming into the church. It's more than just coming on people. It's coming into the church. It's strengthening the church. It's helping the church. It's, see, this is the spirit of increase. It's the anointing of increase. What we're really talking about is spirituals, spiritual things. Glory to God. Spiritual things. And we need to know it's the Holy Ghost. And it's not just a strange manifestation. Or boy, I was in that meeting the other night and joy broke out. Well, joy ought to break out in every meeting. I said joy should break out in every meeting. Now, am I talking about you got to have every meeting where people are just so wasted they can't even hear you preach? No, that'd be out of order. He knows how to conduct his own affairs. Right? You understand what I'm saying to you? But joy ought to be happening in every meeting. When people know what belongs to them, when they know there's risen up on high and taken their seat, when they realize that the enemy's defeated, the line of the tribe of Judah has roared. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And we're going, yeah, 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 yeah. Going on in. We're going on in. We're going on into the spirituals. We're going on into the spiritual things. We're going on into the understanding of spiritual things. We're getting rated for the glory. Ha. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo! Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hey! Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. 
Now, for those that have ears to hear, I'll just finish with this thought, okay? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12. <laughs> have you ever wondered when joy breaks out, where you start, you know, everything's fine until you start reading the word again, and then it's just like you can't read it and people break out again? It's because this is an anointing. It's in the word. Now, we need to get clear about this. Jesus said, I've spoken these things to you that your joy might be full. So the word of the Lord carries the joy to fill you up. (laughs) It's the spirit of the overcomer. Joy is the spirit of the overcomer. That's what I heard the Lord say. Yeah, I'll get to that other later. Praise the Lord. If you want me to get to it, I'll know, I guess. Joy is the spirit of the overcomer. Praise God. In this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Glory to God. Joy means you believe you've overcome the world. Joy means that no matter what you're walking through, that doesn't matter. What does that matter? What does that have to do with anything? Ha, ha, ha destruction and at famine I will laugh ha 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 <laughs> Woo! glory to God <laughs> Woo! <I'll> laugh. <laughs> Woo, glory yeah it's true it's true, it's the head of the church, see. Yeah. It's the head of the church. When he was raised from the dead, he was given a scepter of righteousness. And then the finishing, the final, the finishing anointing, the final anointing that came on him. <laughs> this is what I'm wanting you to see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got it. He got it, he got it, he got it, he got it, he saw it, he got it. That's the conquering anointing. That's the, that's the anointing of the scepter of righteousness. It's the oil of joy above his fellows. <laughs> Jesus had more joy, more joy in his ministry than any minister that ever walked. More joy manifested in his meetings and more miracles and more spirituals and more Holy Ghost and more deliverances and more demons screaming and running and more fish being broken in half and the tail growing ahead and the head growing the tail and people being fed out of a desert where there's no river and no fish and no water. Where in the world did the water get to turn into wine? I tell you, it's that oil. It's that oil. It's that oil. Glory be to God. And it's the finishing anointing. Jesus said so. He's the author finisher of our faith who endured the cross for the joy. Can you see, without that joy, he could have never finished his ministry. Without that joy, he could have never sat down on the other side of the cross. Without that joy. <laughs> Woo, and he's running. <laughs> Woo! Woo! 
Glory. Glory. It's full of glory. It's full of glory. It's full of glory. Now, you know what you said to me in the car earlier? You said you saw me moving in the, in, in the accuracy of that prophet's office and in some specific things and word of knowledge and knowing that clearly and seeing that clearly. You said, I want that. I, I've got to have that. I've got to have that. <laughs> Woo! See, this oil of joy is where that functions. <laughs> Inside the oil of joy is where all that is. You see things. You know things. Angels are there. Miracles are there. Body parts are there. And eyes get opened in the joy of the Lord. <laughs> Woo! See, we need a little understanding, a biblical understanding of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Why would the Lord be doing this? Is this hokey? Is this goofy? Or is this normal? Well, for people that are... Well, it may be not... It may not be normal to the UPS man. But it's normal to believers who know who they are in Christ that are full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> some more. Of course not. <laughs> you got it. You got it. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. And I said, Lord, I don't know if they're ready for that yet or not. <laughs> I guess they're ready for it. Lord began to talk to me recently about Dad Hagen's ministry. And about Holy Ghost meetings? <laughs> and the Lord... <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. The Lord told him there'd be four phases to his ministry. Well, I never put two and two together. The fullness of the prophet's office. It's the finishing anointing. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> when he got into the fourth phase of his ministry, the Lord told him to have Holy Ghost meetings. <laughs> Glory to God. He said, What is a Holy Ghost meeting? <laughs> Jesus said, It's three things it's where the Word of God is preached, the gifts of the Spirit are in operation, and the joy of the Lord's in manifestation. And if you've ever seen any of those meetings, but, but what I missed, 
I, met, I, I remember sitting in a Holy Ghost meeting. I'm sitting in the meeting, believing God for a prophecy from the prophet of God. Surely he's going to slap his mantle on me, take off his coat and say, yeah, yeah, you're called to the nations. Go work miracles and cast out devils. No, I get a five word word. He came around the corner and looked at me, studied me a little bit. This was Dad Hagen's great word for me in the ministry. You need to laugh more. <laughs> if I'd have had any sense about spirituals, I'd have busted out and took off and said, Wow, glory to God. I just got the fourth level manifestation of the prophet's office. But I didn't know anything about it. So I didn't even know that a mantle was being transferred and all I had to do was receive it. <laughs> but it's the oil of joy. It's the finishing anointing. <laughs> and in that anointing, in that anointing are all the gifts as needed to finish whatever's going on in anybody's faith walk to help them, to promote their progress. Oh, there's two powerful scriptures. I guess I'll just leave these with you tonight. Glory. My, my. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I'm working on it. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo, glory. Glory to God. Praise God. <clears throat> <laughs> Oh. <clears throat> 
Him, Lord. Glory to God. You could have sitting on her. Look at her sitting on her back there. <laughs> oh my, the Lord just spoke to me and said, somebody's had a very long-standing sinus condition. You're just healed. It'll never happen again. It's opening up. It's gone. It, that spirit of infirmity is gone. You'll never have that again. Glory be to God. Well, for a hook to get into tomorrow night and I've got about 15 of them hanging out there glory to God. so let me just uh, say on live stream is come on in the water's fine
in the name. Duncan, have another Duncan. That's what you call embracing the joy. Say, come back tomorrow night. <laughs> hang, hang on a second. Okay, come here. Mm. Oh, there's that miracle anointing. Oh, my. There it came back again. Oh, there it is again. Sam anointing came in here last night. Came back ah. for a reason. Ah. Yeah. Ah. Listen. Came listen, back this for anointing. A yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. Uh, I need to say something to you. I need to act on this by the Spirit of God. Uh, James chapter 1, the Lord told me, he said, what's happening is James 1. And you may not understand it, but he made it very, very clear to me. Some supernatural things are happening right in this moment. James chapter 1, verse 1. And here's what he said, verse 1 through 4. In fact, do me a favor. Uh, we're under the anointing. And, uh, so, but I want, so I want it on the screen. I'm going to act on this very, very quickly. Uh, verse, let's just read verse 2, please, if you don't mind. I apologize. <clears throat> Look at this. Oh, my. My brethren. Yes. <laughs> Count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptation, knowing this. The trying of your faith workers patience. Do you see this? But let patience, let, and I heard the Lord say, joy is having the perfect work of patience. Patience here is consistency. And he said, they're coming out perfect and entire, lacking nothing. The heat of the battle is leaving them. The discouragement is leaving them. Yeah. Battle fatigue is leaving them. And the things they've been walking through and the things that have been fired at them and the things that they've been battling yeah. with and the, tri the trials they're walking through, I'm bringing them to where they're coming out complete and entire, lacking nothing. He said, that's what's happening here. The joy of the Lord is coming. And he's supernaturally pushing people right past the enemy's attacks, yeah. past his weapons, past the, 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 <laughs> 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 Woo, glory to 
Glory to God. And that's what that anointing came in here to do. There's some folks, now I know when this anointing manifests, it almost always manifests for physical healing and miracles. And there may be somebody here tonight that wasn't prayed for last night for their physical need and their physical body. Or maybe the Lord's telling you, hey, I need some more of that. And I settled it last night, but that anointing's here. And I want to partake of that again in my physical body. But there's some folks that you've been walking through a trial. You're battle-wearied, fatigued, and exhausted. You've been challenged to the degree that you've been just pushing through, but you kind of want to give up on some things. And I heard the Spirit of God say, that's what that anointing is here for. That yeah. anointing is here. It's a victory anointing. It's yeah. anointing to break the back of that trial, to break the back of that situation. And he said, it's here in joy to bring them out complete, mature, entire, lacking nothing. And this same anointing that came to not only heal people's bodies, is here to deal with what you're lacking, Fill up what's lacking and push you over into victory. And if you're in a battle right now and you're saying, that's exactly what I'm walking through. You described exactly what I'm walking through. I know that I've needed that anointing for a while and it's going to push me past this window. And this has been going on for a little while. Some of you 30 days, some 60, some 90. But you've been in a duration of a battle, but you're coming through it. And the power of God's here to push you right on through it. Help for it. In Jesus name. If that's you, get up here. I want to minister to you. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Yeah, that's what this is about. Yeah. And get one line for me because I'm coming quick. And, and uh, praise the Lord. Uh, I think we're going to give some helpers a workout here because I'm moving quick now. Understand? Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. The fire of God's strong. Oh, there it is right there. It's already on her. Watch her. Watch her power. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Power of God's already starting to work right here. Come out of that battle. Come out of the heat of that thing. Come out of the heat of that thing. Come out of the heat of that thing. Come off of the heat. Come out. Come out. Come off of him. Come out of the heat of that battle. Come out of the heat of that battle. I break, break it. I break it. Satan, I break your power. Come off of her. Come off of her. Come off of her. I break it. I break it off your mind. I break it. I break it. I break his power in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Yet you're coming out of the heat of that. That's a tormenting spirit, but it's leaving you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Ha! Come out of the battle. Yep, yep, yep. Come on out of the battle. Come on out. Come on out perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Come on out, Satan. Take your hands off these people. In the name. In the name. In the name. Go. Glory to God. There it is right there. Glory. Glory. Receive. Receive your miracle. Receive your breakthrough. Receive your breakthrough. Receive your breakthrough. There it is right there. Come out of that. Come out of the heat of that thing mentally. Glory to God. Step one step toward me. Come here. One more. One more. One more. One more. Ha! Come out of that thing in Jesus' name. Glory. Come out of that thing. Oh, glory to God. There it went right there. My, 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 my. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Praise God. Praise God. That's it right there. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Praise God. That's it. That's it. Now, I'm just going to tell you the whole ministry. You better listen to me. The entirety of this church has been in a battle. But we just broke through, got a foothold. We pushed through the front. We broke the enemy's lines in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's what this anointing is here to do. Glory to God. Yep. And you foul spiritual forces that have resisted this church because you think you have a right to operate on these grounds because you were given spiritual, spiritual right by the prior occupants. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus that the authority of the word of the living God and the covenant I carry says wherever I put the soles of my foot, I possess the land. The land that's given to me, I take it from those that it doesn't rightfully belong to. So in the name of the Jesus, I take 
and take up and we take and take up by authority the spiritual capacity of the seat and we fill the space and you no longer have a place to operate here to hinder the people, their mind, or the word of the Lord. And I speak furthermore in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you have been served notice. You did leave, but there has been a place given back to you. But I break your power. You come off of these grounds, off of this facility, and off of the man and woman of God's vision, and they will not have the hindrance of demon spirits to wade through to preach the gospel in this place. Freedom! I proclaim liberty. I heard this phrase. This is it. This is it. This is it. I proclaim, hear me, liberty throughout the land. Glory to God. Glory to God. Wow, praise God. 